Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There, not all heroes wear capes. The most <laughs> heroic thing I've done is get up every single day and live my life like a true American. That's what I've done right here on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Do you understand, like, do you understand the sacrifice it takes <laughs> to put on makeup and wear a T-shirt and a fake bar talking about make-believe football? Do you understand the sacrifice that takes? You're welcome, America. You're welcome. That was great. We should clip that. Yeah. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. It is noon on Peacock, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere. It is the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. He's Jake Croucher. I'm Matthew Berry. Fins up, baby. Fins up. It is uh, It's game day. It's a Thursday. We got a game. Matthew Barry, not the hero America wanted, but the one America needed. I won America needed. I, again, I was asked what I was, what the most heroic thing I've done is, and honestly, oh, you're looking at it right here. Hurts. You're looking at it, wearing makeup, talking about fake football on, uh, on a streaming channel uh, and a podcast. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, that's what people do these days. Uh, so it's game day. It is, it's love-hate day. Yeah. It is game day. Steelers at Browns qualifies as a game. They are both NFL franchises. They will play tonight it's on... It's not baseball. It is not baseball. So, yeah, they qualify as it counts. It's love-hate day. And then, uh, but first, Jay Croucher, we have some uh, Roto World headlines. All right, first one. Mm. Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, they did not practice on Wednesday. It's looking like the Brashad Perryman... Russell Gage show as well it's going to have to be but they were limited too as well as Scotty Miller and obviously we know Mike Evans is suspended what are you doing with Tampa Bay starting Leonard Fournette everywhere I can I I think in DFS I think everything I mean we're going to get into this in my love hate list but guess who makes my love list this week yeah Lenny yeah Uncle Lenny does that is what us broadcasting professionals call foreshadowing (laughs) yes there you go just a little hint for you uh, young broadcasters out there trying to learn a few tips that's what that's what that's called. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, like I mean, this is, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show. One of the lowest total games on the slate under forty-two. I believe BetMGM has it currently at forty-one and a half. This is Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. Yeah. And we're at forty-one and a half. Yeah. You've got two teams that just 
for a variety of reasons, have not been able to move the ball through the air. Brady has just two touchdown passes through two games. He's been beat up in the, in the backfield because of the offensive line issues. And now no Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans due to his suspension. We expect Chris Godwin. I should say he hasn't officially been ruled out. But we don't expect. Highly unlikely Chris Godwin plays. We know Mike Evans won't because of the suspension. We don't know about Julio. We don't know yet about Julio Jones. Feels like he's 50-50. But yeah. to your point... We're looking at Russell Gage. We're looking at Brashad Perriman. Um, Cole Beasley, Josh Scott there. Maybe they activate him, but it's probably like, you know, some Scotty Miller and, and those types. I don't know. I mean, like, if there's a positive to Russell Gage here, it's that he ran a route on 64% of the offensive snaps. He, had, he was second on the team targets. If the negative is, is that he still was wide receiver 59 last week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is not going to be the NFC Championship game of uh, a couple years ago when uh, it was Brady throwing bombs down the field in the first half. Uh, this is going to be a game of a lot of defense. The total now, if you look at MGM, they've got it at 42 flat, ticking up a bit. But Tampa okay. Bay are all the way down to minus one point favorites against Green Bay. So I, it's going to be a lot of defense in this game. To me, this is, this is a game where you are starting Leonard Fournette, you are starting A.J. Dillon, you are starting Aaron Jones, and after that... Okay. You know, I, I don't love Aaron uh, Alan Lazard on the other side of the ball here. And Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean have played really good defense for the Buccaneers. Again, we expect – I think Vegas has this right. I think the guys at MGM have this right. This is – you know, whether it's – it's been going back and forth between 42 and 41 and a half, 41. But we don't expect a ton of fireworks here. If you want to take an, oh, by the way, flyer on Perryman to get one deep, okay, fine. But uh, I am uh, – I'm avoiding the passing games. Rodgers and Brady both outside my top ten. One of them – Makes the hate list coming up a little bit later uh, in the show. Incredible that a Tom Brady-Aaron Rodgers game is six points below the average total in the NFL, but it makes sense with who is out. Now, another game with a low total, Dallas-New York Mm. on Monday night. That total is 39 right now. Cooper Rush, Daniel Jones, (laughs) ESPN. (laughs) I feel for my old friends at ESPN. I just, I feel, you know, at the beginning of the year, that probably looked like a good game. And now it's, the Giants are 2-0. There you go. The two Giants against Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons, but Dak Prescott is uh, not Not there. there. Now, Michael Gallup, in good news for the game and the prospects of the over, potentially, appears to be on track for some reps in week three. He is practicing full slate of practice reps. What are you doing with Michael Gallup this week? I'm seeing if he's available in my league, and I'm picking him up. If he's out there, you know, I don't think he's 100% rostered. He played nine games last season. He averaged almost seven targets a game. Uh, and, you know, this is Mike McCarthy just yesterday saying, quote, Gallup will take a full slate of reps this week. We'll give him every opportunity to get ready. I don't know that it's a great matchup. Hard to say. Like, the Giants defense, for all the Giants jokes we want to make, they're 2-0, and and they have they – have, now, the defenses they've shut down are the, are the, are the, ti- the, are the Titans, yeah. right, are the Titans and the Panthers. Not exactly murderer's row here. But whatever. Like, they might have a decent defense – Gallup, to me, especially without knowing how many snaps is he going to really, truly play, it'll be sort of a feel situation here. Does he have a connection with Cooper Rush the way that Noah Brown does? What does this look like? I would like to have Michael Gallup on my roster and on my bench. I'm not starting him this week. Cowboys season looking up all of a sudden. It looked completely done after week one, but they get the big win over Cincinnati as touchdown dogs. Now they're only one-point favorites. Cooper Rush is going on the road in primetime and is only a one-point underdog. And uh, look, they're plus 550 to win the NFC East. I don't think they're going to win the NFC East because Philadelphia will, but they've got the same odds as the Giants on BetMGM, and I would much prefer the upside of the Cowboys just because Dak comes back 
and uh, I just don't think the Giants are particularly great. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're sitting there between those two, but I I think the Eagles are winning this division, barring some sort of miracle. Speaking of miracles, yeah. Brian Robinson back in the practice field for the first time Wednesday after being shot that that horrific. I don't want to call it an incident because that makes it seem insignificant, but episode. Like, I don't know how you describe it on the fact that like. This awful situation that happened to Brian Robinson. Thank God he's alive. Thank God he's okay. Like, you're not even thinking about football. You're just like, hey, I hope the young man is okay. And not only is he okay, he's back on the practice field, Jay. He's back on the practice field. As as for those of you watching live on Peacock right now or seeing the footage that we have of Brian Robinson back on the practice field the first time since August 28th. Now, he is currently on the NFI list. He's out at least the first four games, but he is eligible to return to the active roster in Week 5 against Tennessee. Looking, seeing how, how high the commanders were on him in the preseason, yep. how explosive this offense has been. Like The problem is the defense, not, yep. the, not the offense. Um, I think Brian Robinson is worth a grab and stash if he's out there in your league and you need some running back help because it, it appears that B-Rob, as apparently only I call him, <laughs> will be back sooner rather than later, for your Washington Commanders. My Washington Commanders, yeah. No better comeback story in the league than Brian Robinson. And Antonio Gibson looked great in Week 1, not as great in Week 2. So I think there will be opportunity for Brian Robinson. My guess is initially they ease him back in and it's a three-headed monster. I think they prefer Antonio Gibson in the passing game, a converted wide receiver from his days at Memphis in college. And they are going to be throwing. This is going to be a throwing offense. They like the versatility. But I will say that one of the concerns about Antonio Gibson last year was ball security, especially oh, yes. in close. And so Robinson, who was quite the finisher at Alabama, I think there's a chance over the second half of the year he's sort of the early down goal line back for yep. a good offense. Yep. And the, the commander's defense is brutal, but uh, on, the, uh, on the offensive side, they're going to score a lot of points. Probably yep. just not this week against the Eagles. All right, let's jump into some more running backs as part yeah. of Love hate now let's start with her on the positive side love hate by the way available for free right now on rotorworld.com nbcsportsedge.com it is always free as long as i work at nbc it will always be free um so uh, go check that out uh please give us the you don't have to read it i just i just want the, the clicks. clicks just click on it skim click, it whatever don't, yep. you don't need to like engage with it or anything like that just you know whatever just scroll over it that's all i'm asking that's what it's throw all about. me a pity click that's all. That's all a brother's asking for over here. Speaking of pity clicks, the Cincinnati Bengals own yes, two. Yeah. But uh, looking up, five point favorite uh, at the New York Jets, and a guy that you love is Joe Mixon, who uh, leads the league in carries despite them looping down the entirety of their first two games. Running backs have been absolutely brutal this year. Like not one running back has really performed up to snuff in two straight games. But you do like the volume. Fifty-six touches. He leads all running backs with that through two weeks. He's had over 22 touches in both games. He's actually got a a career-high 14.8% target share. So Joe Burrow is actually looking for him on third down in uh, in passing down situations. You think about this matchup with the Jets. And for, for the fact that it probably wasn't the best football move that Nick Chubb scored that third touchdown, the fact of the matter is, Nick Chubb scored that third <laughs> yeah. touchdown, right? 141 rushing yards and the three scores for Nick Chubb in a loss for the Browns. So you can run on the New York Jets. He's been, Mixon's been 0 for 4 on goal line carries so far. My expectation here is that that touchdown regression's coming. 
I have Joe Mixon as a top five running back in week number three. Yep, you can run on the Jets. You can also pass on the Jets too. You can do a lot of things to the Jets. Yeah, and uh, Joe Mixon might get some pass game usage as well, as he always does. Now, Leonard Fournette, who you foreshadowed earlier, he also makes the love list. Uh, Makes sense given what uh, David Montgomery did to uh, Green Bay. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that in a game in which, I mean, that's a team that's much more limited offensively, the Bears. And you knew it was, and they were down. They were down big, and they were on the road in Green Bay. And yet still, David Montgomery was able to produce against the Green Bay Packers, the Vikings in Week 1. They were able to run on the Packers as well. So Leonard Fournette, who's had 23 touches in both games this year, at least 23 touches. Buccaneers 7th, by the way, in the NFL in rushing rate. And as we talked about earlier in the show, no Mike Evans. We don't expect Chris Godwin. Julio Jones either isn't going to play or is going to be limited. So what do you do against a Green Bay Packers defense that's allowing the second most rushing yards to running backs through the first two weeks? You run Uncle Lenny. So massive workload in a good matchup against a Packers team giving up 6.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Give me all the Uncle Lenny this week. Easy RB1. Yeah, I think the contrarian take would be that, well, the Bucks have no wide receivers, so the Packers will load up to stuff the run. Well, uh, Justin Fields only had 11 pass attempts. They were running constantly, and they still couldn't stop David Montgomery. They're still going to have... They've still got TB12 under center. Yes. Like, I mean, the fact of the matter is you're still going to have to respect the speed of Brashad Perryman. You're still going to have to respect Russell Gage, who's a professional NFL wide receiver. You're still going to have to respect Scotty Miller. So the Packers are not going to be able to – they could have loaded the box against the Bears and said, like, we'll take our chances with, you know, the ghost of Cole Komet. Uh, you know, poor Cole Komet. Poor Cole Komet. Um, how about poor Cole Komet fantasy managers? Um, we should get a jersey up there for Cole Komet just to do something for him because uh, apparently Matt Everflus won't. Yeah, uh, so like, well, give why, why don't we get Cole Komet's actual jersey? Yeah. We don't even have to wash it because you know it's clean. We just throw it up there. I mean, I'm just saying. It's not Cole Komet's fault. It is that, not that franchise. your fault. It is, not your, Cole, it is not your fault, Cole Goodwill Komet. hunting. Yes, Cole um, okay. it is not your fault. Yeah, exactly. Where's Robin Williams? We need him to hug <laughs> Cole Komet. Uh, so anyway, my, my expectation here is, is that you... With Tom Brady under center, you're still going to have to respect the pass if you're the Green Bay Packers. I think Fournette has just a monster game. Like, I have him as a, you know, an easy RB1 this week. Yep. We mentioned David Montgomery running all over uh, the Green Bay Packers last week. I'm not a David Montgomery fan. No. I'm not a David Montgomery stan. I like him slightly less than Cole Komet. <laughs> but if ever there was a David Montgomery week, Jay Croucher, this is a David Montgomery week. Last week, in a game where they were losing, this is a guy who got 80% of the offensive snaps for the Chicago Bears. He's had 20 or more touches in seven of his last nine games dating back to last season. The Bears lead the NFL in rush rate. They do not want Justin Fields throwing, which seems odd. Very strange. It's very strange, but um, look, it's a good matchup with the Texans. The Texans have been feisty and plucky and, you know, every adjective you want to use. Like they're they, also bad. They, <laughs> right, they're punching above their weight, but right, they're also bad. I mean, even the Broncos, whose offense is brutal – Still, was, even Denver was able to run all over them last week. No team has allowed more rushing yards to opposing running backs through the first two weeks than the Houston Texans. You're looking at 20 touches for David Montgomery against a defense that you can run on. Give me David Montgomery this week as, a, uh, as an upside play, top 15 running back for yep. me. Bears minus two and a half home to the Texans. Uh, it might be the one game all season where game script works in a running back's favor uh, on Chicago. All right, anyone else you love you want to quickly hit on? 
Just said my other's receiving votes, so these are guys that, you know, that, like, I think are either viable flex plays, or if you have to search a little deeper, maybe you're looking for DFS real quickly. Josh Jacobs, he's getting a lot of work. 88% of the running back carry so far for the Raiders. They are actually favored against Tennessee, so game script should work in Josh Jacobs' favors. You can run on the Titans, who have allowed the third most rushing yards to opposing running backs. Jeff Wilson Jr., again, he's all they've got in San Francisco. That's the Sunday night game right here on NBC and Peacock. Broncos allow 4.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs through the first two weeks. 103 total yards on 20 touches in week two for Jeff Wilson Jr. With TDP out, Jordan Mason, a rookie. They're just getting Marlon Mack up to speed. Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Expect a heavy dose of Wilson against uh, against the uh, the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. And finally, Damian Pierce. Free Damian Pierce. He's back. It didn't happen in week one. It finally happened in week two. He got 100% of the running back carries in week two. 80, 88% of all the running back touches for the Texans. We expect them to be competitive with Chicago. As we saw with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on, Mon- uh, on Sunday night last week, you can run on... Uh, on the Chicago Bears, they've allowed the fifth most rushing yards to opposing running backs. Give me Damian Pierce, who I have as a top 25 running back this week. What's going on in Houston? Lovey Smith just wakes up one day. It's Damian Smith Day today. Damian, uh, Damian Pierce. Pierce Day today. It's uh, and it was uh, Rex Burkhead Day. I think Lovey Smith day, wakes no. up and goes, "Can you believe they made me head coach again? <laughs> He's Can back. you believe someone gave me a shot? He's I'm back. good." <laughs> Lovey Smith is loving life. All right. Negative side of things. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry, who is uh, probably uh, the most negative player uh, of all the big names in terms of how they started the season. Now, the first thing I want to call out was this. The Raiders are minus two and a half point favorites in Tennessee. That's Tennessee right. were the one seed last year. If they played in week two of the playoffs last year, the line would have been Titans minus six. Right. It's eight and a half point swing. And that's not just Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders. The market thinks that the Titans are a disaster. Uh, and Is it because that, they watch football? Is it because the market watches football and they're like, because <laughs> the Titans are a disaster? Is that what it is? Think about that. Bad. West Coast team coming east for a one o'clock game and the Raiders, who are one and one, are. They're oh, no, I'm sorry, they're 0 and 2. That's right. You, it, it's an 0 and 2 team traveling east for Plus one o'clock. West Coast 0 and 2 team traveling east for a one o'clock game and they're getting two and a half. They're giving two and a half points well, I mean, to well, the Titans. Yeah, I mean, they're right. Exactly. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all discombobulated. Yes. The Titans are two and a half point underdogs at home. Unbelievable. To the Raiders. And a big, well, a part of that is that Derrick Henry doesn't look like the same guy at all. He's had 34 carries. None have gone for more than 18 yards. He's not breaking anything. He's not getting the same yards after contact. The offensive line is banged up. Any, uh, any reason for optimism or is it all grim? You're hoping he falls into the end zone. Like, if they get in close, they're going to give him the ball. And so, you know, if there's a, if there's a reason for optimism, it's, it's that, is that with nothing else working on the offense, do they go Chicago-style? Like, it doesn't matter what the score is. It's just going to be King Henry. We're just going to, we're going to just feed the big guy, right, feed the big dog. But since he returned from injury, he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry. He's had under 12.5 fantasy points in all the games dating back to last year's playoffs as well. Right, as you see it here on your screen. Uh, week one against the Giants, week two against the Bills this year, and then, of course, that divisional round game against the Bengals last year. He did score, at least, in that game, but uh, he looks old, man. He just he looks, he looks slow. He looks old. He, he looks game script dependent. And, again, we're expecting them to be down in this game. MGM has them as two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Raiders. So I'm nervous. The hate list is not about players. It's about sort of expectations, and you drafted – Derrick Henry to be a no-brainer, set-it-and-forget-it RB1, and he just doesn't feel like that this week. I think you still likely have to start him, Yep. I have him, but I have him outside my top ten. I have him lower than I ever have before. 
you're probably still starting him, and you're hoping for a touchdown. That's what you're hoping for with Derrick Henry. The other concern with Henry is the two games before what we showed on screen, before he got hurt, I think it was Colts-Chiefs, where he wasn't getting the big yeah. splash plays in it. It's been a while since we've seen Derrick Henry. It's probably the Monday night game against the Bills uh, last season where he went off, but we haven't seen that guy in a while. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's had a great start sure. to the season. He's been great. But you don't like him. I don't like him this week. I think he's yeah. a sell high. A okay. couple things that are concerned. First off, yes, he is, he's, he's got three touchdowns in two games, okay? He's got seven of seven targets for 76 yards and two touchdowns so far this year, right? Um, but first, not a great matchup with the Colts. They allow an NFL low 2.75 yards per carry to opposing running backs. He's got 12 or fewer. Despite CEH being really good last two weeks, he's still got under 12 or fewer touches in each game. Like, he's not getting massive volume. He's just been insanely efficient. He's had zero goal line carries, right? I mean, so basically what you're hoping for is that he, like when they've gotten in close, they've given, they've given Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon caught one last week on Thursday. I don't know. I, my, I'm nervous about the fact that you're basically banking on touchdowns with CEH because he's not getting the usage, right? I mean, he's, he's literally played on 39% of snaps for the Chiefs. And so there is some passing game usage as well, but I think just people are thinking like, oh, this is a top five guy. I'm outside my top 20 in week number three. Yep. Colts not doing much right so far, but they are defending the rush pretty well. Yeah. And then also with CEH, I mean, it's not just the touchdowns. You're, de- you're depending on these splash plays that are going 30, 40 yards that he's getting, and you can't depend on that. What you can depend on is usage, and that's not there for him right now. This is a proper timeshare with McKinnon, with Pacheco also looming. On a pass for his team. And again, like he is getting some passing down work, so I think he's viable in a PPR league, but... He's currently like a top five fantasy running back, and that's inflated by the touchdowns and the fact that no other running back is really doing anything. I'm nervous about him this week at Indianapolis, a desperate Colts team that must win this game. Yep, that line is moving as well. It got out close to seven, now five and a half. So some money coming in on the Colts at MGM. Next guy, Cordero Patterson, who was out of his mind in week one, came back to earth in week two. By his presence on this list, I'm suspecting you think there's more in store of week two. You're not just boyish good looks, Jay Croucher. Well, way to put that together right there. The problem is, is the passing game usage just hasn't been there. He's gone over 20 receiving yards just twice in his last 10 games. And so what Patterson has hung his hat on is touchdowns and volume. And he got it in week one, to your point. Tyler Algier was a healthy scratch. Damian Williams leaves that game very early. But last week, Tyler Algier was healthy. He was up and he played. And he got the same number of carries. Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier both got 10 carries last week. Both goal-to-go carries didn't go to Patterson. They went to Algier. Yep. Now, again, I'm not saying that's the right decision, right? Would I make Kyle Pitts a blocking tight end? I would not. That is not what I would do. But who knows? It's Arthur Smith's world. We're just living in it. The fact of the matter is it doesn't seem like they're using Patterson in the same way they did last year, that the week one usage was kind of fluky because of Williams going out and Algier not being up. So the fact that that Algier should be active this week in a game against Seattle that we think is going to be one of the lower scoring games in the NFL. The, the last line I saw was 42 yep. on, on MGM. So we don't expect a ton, of, uh, a ton of fireworks in this game, games in Seattle as well. So in essence, basically, you're talking about a timeshare on a – Cordell Patterson is in a timeshare in a low-scoring game on the road at Seattle – I have Patterson outside my top 25. Okay. Firstly, I like that you called me boyish, despite my three children, which kind of counteracts the boyish, but that is fine. Look at my hairline. Everyone's boyish to me. Okay. Dude, 
Cordero Patterson, the problem with him is that last year he had three games of 80-plus receiving yards. He's got 16 receiving yards in two games. Yeah, he's not he's, getting the passing game usage. Right. Also, that line... He's like, he's like a young Kyle Pitts and not getting the, <laughs> yeah. the passing game usage. Exactly. Right. Now, it's basically, it's Drake London. Well, you know, like the whole Falcons offense, as we heard from Arthur Smith earlier in the week, the whole Falcons offense is all about scheming open Kaderil Hodge. <laughs> that's what they're doing with. Well, that's what they're doing with. You know, with Pitts. It's what they're doing with Cordero Patterson. It's just, as long as they can just get Cordero, uh, Cordero Hodge open, they can lose in style. They can lose in style. Okay. When we come back, we'll talk more love hate. Wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. We've got other positions Everything. to get to. It's all happening. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Um, for me, I just go out there and, and do what I do. Um, you know, the draft, it is what it is. Um, like, I think, um, I mean, even the, the commanders, they got a guy before me over there. I believe his name is De'Ami Brown. I don't know how many catches he had. You guys can probably tell me that or how many yards he had. But I don't forget things like that. You know, I see him across the sideline from where I'm standing during the game. And every team that I'm going to give every team hell. So that was Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Diami Brown quote-tweeted uh, the video of that. Damn, LOL, I can't say nothing about this. Poor Diami Brown. Poor Diami Brown. He's just coughing it. Right, he's just like, he's just sitting on the sideline, you know, just minding his own business. Catch commanders lost. Not his fault that the commanders lost. He's not on defense. And then here comes Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, it's not... It's not Diami Brown's fault that like he got drafted yeah, ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown, and you know. Um, so uh, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool of Diami Brown to sort of react like that and just own it. Like nothing I can say just yet. You what know, else hey, you can do? Yeah. Right. We, we think we think good things ultimately are coming for Diami Brown. There's no mistaking it. Amon Ross St. Brown is a force of nature, and uh, he's nothing short of spectacular. He's he is, magnificent. And he is, he kicks off, pass catcher, love hate. Look at you, as all the number one love guy. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, tell me, what do you like about him, Matthew? What There's don't I like, like about yeah. him? Like his pre- his post game press conference uh, game is 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 strong, right? Great it, delivery, just great a delivery, face. just great. Like, here's what I will tell you: is that he's this is an insane insane stat, dating back to last season. 
He's had at least eight receptions and at least ten targets in eight straight games. Yeah. Like, find somebody who looks at you the way Jared Goff looks <laughs> at Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. I don't think – does your wife look at you that way? Absolutely not. Not me either. Yeah. No. Doesn't have Jared Goff's clean pocket. Though. Right. No, a thousand percent. She looks at me like, like Amon Ross St. Brown looks at Diami Brown, my wife. <laughs> like, I've got to do these dishes myself. Could you pick up a kid? What are you doing? Could you help me out? Like, you know – yeah, you know, your daughter's a gymnastics. Can you pick her up? You know what? No, exactly. Exactly. Find somebody who looks at you the way that Jared Goff looks at Amon Ross St. Brown over that stretch of time, that eight straight game uh, stretch where he's gotten double-digit targets every single game. He's averaging 26.4 fantasy points per game. He's had 20 or more fantasy points in seven of eight games. This is Cooper Cup territory. That's what we're talking about here with Amon Ross St. Brown. And then you think about the Eagles, right? Last week against the Vikings... They caught all eight of their slot targets for 108 yards. You can attack the slot against Minnesota, which is who the Lions play this week. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown as a locked-in wide receiver one this week. The book on him was that his performance at the end of last year was skewed because Hawkinson was out or Swift was out. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. He's and just by the awesome. way, and I'm one of the people that promoted I that was as well. well. I, I was in on that. That's all you can do to I was just like, I basically said in the preseason, like, listen, I think the guy's really talented, but just I think that production was skewed a little bit by the fact that, like, they were down big and that he was the only game in town. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, is like, probably, but whatever. He has, he has earned those targets. He has earned the trust of Jared Goff. He has earned the trust of the coaching staff. Like, all hail Amon Ross St. Brown. It's that his world. That offense is just legitimately good yes. as well. And they're plus six against the Vikings. I think they cover that. They are, the Lions are destined to lose on a walk-off field goal and lose that game by three. Uh, an offense that isn't very good at the moment, the Denver Broncos. Uh, not looking great uh, for Broncos country. Colin Sutton, though, has looked fine. In his first two games, he's outperforming Jerry Judy, at least snap by snap. Didn't have the 67-yard touchdown that Judy got in week one. But why is he on your love list? Well, a couple of things. First off, so far he's got a team-high 20. He's got a 26% target share. No, some of that is because, look, K.J. Hamler missed last week. Jerry Judy left that game early. He's been a bit banged up as well. We'll see if either of the either or both of those guys are able to go uh, this weekend, Sunday night, against uh, the San Francisco 49ers right here on NBC and Peacock. Of course, I'm a company man. But since the start of last season, he's had seven different games in which he's had seven or more targets. We expect him to get a decent target share again, especially given the, the banged-up nature of the other guys. He's averaging 16.4 fantasy points in games in which he gets at least seven targets. Half his targets so far this year have come on deep balls. You look at Sutton, who is six foot three, and you look at the corners for the, the for the Niners. You're looking at a five eleven guy. You're looking at a six one guy. Like I mean, oh, the, height angle. Ha- the height has I like it. he does. The 49ers have allowed a 55% completion rate on deep passes. That's sixth highest in the NFL. Over half of the targets for Sutton this year have come on deep passes. Like. Russell Wilson's going to throw a couple of jump balls here to Cortland Sutton, and he's going to come down with one of them. I have Cortland Sutton as a top 16 play in week three. Yep. Niners' secondary wasn't good last year. They get Traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley is healthy, so they should be better, but at the same time... But they're shorter. They're shorter. I mean, again, you're like... I'm I'm pretty sure... No, I'm I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, I think Mosley's like 5'11", and I think Ward's 6'1", and so, I mean, again, like Sutton's like 6'3", 6'4". Like, he's a big dude, and so... He's a big man. Anyway, I think he posts up on those guys. I'm calling... 
Give me any time touchdown for Cortland Sutton. I'm just wow. calling it right now. Declared. I'm just declaring it right now. I don't know what the odds are on BetMGM. We'll see, but I'm just declaring it right now. Give okay. me a Cortland Sutton. I'm sure it's at plus money. Give me Cortland Sutton any time touchdown at plus money okay. on BetMGM well, my, this weekend. My declaration is tied to the next guy, Drake London, where right. right now the Seahawks are minus one against Atlanta. Atlanta wins that game. They're better than Seattle. At least I think so. And Drake London who makes your love list. He is the plus six. Hang on, wait, hang on a second. I just want to, I want to take a moment here. We're, we were rolling on that, right? I just, I, I would, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask Stephen, uh, our producer today. Take? Well, you, no, no, I just, here's what I want. Stephen, I, what I want you to do is I want you to clip that off. No, no. I want you to clip that off of Jay Croucher. Falcons. Going back to the Falcons. The Falcons <laughs> who broke his heart. Because he picked him in week one to win straight up on the yeah, New Orleans Saints. And what happened? Yeah, well, they, plus they, they, they lost the, the game. They lost, yeah, no. they lost the game. And then, you, so just think about Jay Crouch. Jay Crouch is a smart guy. He's a former lawyer. Guy ran, guy ran, guy ran the trading desk at, at a massive online casino at PointsBet for five years. Like, you're a smart guy. In theory. Allegedly. Right? In theory, you're a smart guy. Like, Boyish, I'm just, but I'm smart. A, I'm a dumbass sitting here in a Buffett shirt. But even I'm like, let me get this straight. The Falcons completely boned you in week one. Yep. Then you've watched the last two weeks where they won't get Kyle Pitts involved. They won't get Cordero Patterson involved. They're okay. literally trying to scheme open Cordero Hodge. That's, that's literally a quote from their head coach. Like and Cordero you're back Hodge. here on national television saying, oh, yeah, I'm back in on the Falcons to win outright. What? What? They owe me. They owe me. And if I don't have a win on the Falcons, I'm not going to feel all right all NFL season. They are a fine team. They almost came back on the Rams. They should have beaten... The New Orleans Saints. Who put Saints. tequila in Jay's drink? Believe in the Falcons. Be, it's just supposed to be beer, guys. I believe in you, Arthur Smith. Scheme up something for Kyle Pitts, for the love of God. Can we get him the ball? He's good. Uh, I, I'll t- I don't know if they're going to scheme anything up for Kyle Pitts. I will tell you they will scheme stuff up for Drake London. He's got a team-high 33% target share so far. Five receptions, at least 70 yards in both games so far this year. You think about the Seahawks game here. They're allowing over 15 yards per reception to wide receiver through two weeks. That's the fourth highest rate in the NFL. You can throw on Seattle. I mean, not if you're Russell Wilson, but pretty much everyone else can throw on Seattle again, a 33% target share. I actually think Marcus Mariota is a usable streamer this week if you're sort of desperate and scrambling a little bit as well. Give me Drake London as a borderline top 20 play this week. With our friends at BetMGM, he is plus 600, the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Drake London. Rightfully so, in my opinion. He is seventh in the entire league for PFF grade among wide receivers. Some real Jamar Chase vibes there. Think he's going to produce all year. Now, a more surprising name, perhaps not as marquee as Drake London, is uh, Tyler Higby. Sure. I think he has 20 targets through two weeks. A 26% target share. Other than Cooper Cup, my little Cooper Cup, no other Ram is above 12%, but Tyler Higby has a 26% target share. He got three red zone targets last week. And then you think about this game against the Arizona Cardinals. They've allowed the most catches, the most yards, and touchdowns to opposing tight ends through two weeks. Now, in fairness, They've faced Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. So, I mean, like, they've, you know, I mean, like, this isn't like, you know, they're, they're giving it's it up. It's not Cole Komet. Right. It's not Cole Komet and Tyler Conklin. Sorry, I mean, Cole. like, it's, they face Kelsey and Waller. So, there's a reason for it. But, but numbers are numbers. And the fact of the matter is, is that both guys have been able to be productive against the Arizona Cardinals. Talented co- tight ends have been productive against Arizona so far this year with the most catches, yards, and touchdowns to opposing tight ends through two weeks. We think Tyler Higby is a talented, uh, a talented tight end. He's certainly getting the looks again. A 26% target share for the Rams. Matthew Stafford coming up later. He's on the love list again, foreshadowing young men, young men and women. Those of you who want to be in broadcasting. Those of you who watch the show and go like, if Barry can do this, I absolutely can do this. And by the way, 
you're right. The fact of the matter is, is Matthew Stafford's going to have a big game here against Arizona. I think Tyler Higby's a part of it uh, as well. I'm as a top 10 play this week. You know what I think about the Falcons? What do you think about the Falcons? I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're plus 1,200 on BetMGM. That division is not good. Bucks don't have any receivers. The Saints are, uh, are not good. And the Panthers are a car crash. So the Atlanta Falcons, they start their runs to the playoffs. This week in Seattle. All right. I think you hate that take. I, I, would, I would just like to take one moment here. Can, Steven, do me a favor. Um, do me a favor. Can, can we go on camera one right here? I just, thanks. I just, my question here is, I just, this is, this is just for you, Stephen. We'll cut this out of the show. Don't, don't air this. It's just between them. But do me a favor. When you, when you guys are in editing and you're cutting out the clip of him, of Jake Croucher, uh, going in on the Falcons, do me a favor and just, if he can take a, I don't know, 20 minutes or something like that. Can we put together like a montage of Jay's best moments on the show? Kind of a, a goodbye to Jay montage that we can play tomorrow. Just sort of like, hey, you know, thanks for the memories. And just like a really sw- put some music behind it. Just some kind of sweet. Yeah, because it's obvious he's, la- he's not going to be on the show anymore. But like I'm just, it, that would be nice. I think just a nice thing to do. We like Jay. He's a nice guy. He's not bright, but he's like nice. And so I just, I wonder if we could just. If you guys could just piece something together, there just some of his. I'm sure there's some good calls somewhere in there. Just find a couple of those. Maybe ignore the Falcons call in Week One and just you know whatever. Just a nice little montage, you know, and maybe it's like some um, uh, you know uh, put him through a filter, I you love, know, kind of the dream filter, like with a little uh, little heart. I love when you go camera one because either my wife is getting a shout out or I'm getting fired. It's yeah. only those two options. <laughs> it's social media or unemployment. That's what yeah. happens on camera one. Uh, all right, very quickly, I just want to whip through a couple of some of the others receiving votes right here. I'm back in on Juju, right? I know last week was brutal, but he still ran a route on 80% of the pass plays here. The Colts, you can target the, the slot. We talked about this on yep. yesterday's show as well. Opponents have caught 88% of the targets to the slot against Indianapolis through two games. I think Juju has a bounce back here. I'm as, a, uh, I'm as wide receiver 26 in my initial ranks. How about Curtis Samuel? Again, you think about Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the outside for the Philadelphia Eagles. Those guys have been shut down corners. So what happens against Philadelphia is you have to attack the middle of the field. So Curtis Samuel, who's got 20 targets through two weeks, my expectation here is that Samuel gets a, num- a number of targets for a variety of reasons against Philadelphia in a game in which my commanders are going to be trailing and trailing a lot, <laughs> especially after Carson Wentz throws like two pick sixes in the first three plays. So the Eagles allowed six or more slot receptions to a wide receiver both games so far. Monroe, St. Brown, and Justin Jefferson. Um, I like Garrett Wilson as well. Again, this is a guy who had, you know, after, after last week. After, listen, I mean, 63% target share last week as well for Garrett Wilson. They should be having to throw against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, hey, it would not be a fantasy full happy hour if I didn't throw in a mention to my guy, Logan Thomas. Again, <laughs> on the Philadelphia Eagles, that's where you attack. You, Why are we talking you, about dude, Logan start, Thomas again? Start your tight ends against the Eagles. Oh. Right? Okay. Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas. The fantasy football happy hour with Logan Thomas. All Gerald right. Everett, by the way, has over 50 yards in both games so far this season. I like him against the Jags. I like Gerald Everett there. Now, you talked about a couple of commanders uh, there, as you are prone to. On the hate side, I see the name Terry McLaurin, whose jersey yeah. is uh, somewhere on that wall. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, you... he's McLaurin is right there. Um, I was wondering yeah. if you burnt it because no, he's stabbing please. him in the back on no, national television. No, you don't think he gets uh, open against uh, Darius Slay? I don't. Mm. I look. Look. Okay. So there are four games in which Darius Slay has shouted Terry McLaurin. Uh, with, since Darius Slay has been in Philadelphia, there have been four games in which McLaurin has played the Eagles. Slay has shadowed Terry McLaurin. McLaurin's been had, been held to under sixty-five yards in all four games. Now he's got a better quarterback this time in Wentz than he has in any of those four games. But still, 
McLaurin's caught only 50% of his passes so far this season. Eagles, of course, allowing the fifth fewest yards for reception to opposing wide receivers. You just heard me talk about this. I love Terry McLaurin, one of my favorite players in the NFL, one of my favorite commanders. But for fantasy purposes, I think this is a Curtis Samuel Logan Thomas game, not necessarily a McLaurin one. He comes in at wide receiver 23 for me. Again, the love-hate list is not about – it's not a start-sit. I'm not sitting saying, saying I would start Curtis Samuel over – Terry McLaurin, but in terms of expectations, I've lowered them for McLaurin this week, and I've raised them for Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas. At BetMGM, Darius Slay is 80-1 to to win Defensive Player of the Year after he just destroyed Justin Jefferson. Yeah, what was he before, I was going to say. He was 150-1, to Mm. now he's 80-1. to And look, I don't think Darius Slay is going to win Defensive Player of the Year because Micah Parsons exists in this league, and he's the best freaking defensive player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But Darius Slay, I think there's... And wait till Chase Young comes back. Yeah, right. Yeah, Chase Young. Or, uh, yeah, someone on the Falcons, maybe, if we can uh, bring in AJ Terrell. Uh, AJ Terrell. Um, Terrell can actually play. All right, I'll give you that. Darius Slay. Uh, look, I think if any cornerback is going to win that award, which is rare, I think he would be the choice right now just because he is so prominent on that Eagles defense. Uh, he's hanging out with James Harden in the in the tunnel after the game. Yeah, Darius yeah, yeah. Slay profile is rising now. Uh, is that what it takes to ro- raise your profile? Is hanging out in the tunnel with James Harden? Well, if James Harden's like, oh wow, it's Darius Slay. Like James Harden's one of the MVP in the NBA. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not what he was, but still pretty good. Yeah. Now a guy who's also listen. If you're gonna hang out with James Harden, you know you're probably safer in the tunnel than other places. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now uh, a guy who's not hanging out with James Harden, uh, certainly not in the tunnel. DJ Moore who uh, we had high expectations for because the idea was he was getting a quarterback upgrade. And now, as we were talking about yesterday, he is spending his days longing for Sam Darnold, first person in the history of the NFL to do that. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore is going to be fine. We talked about this yesterday. Season-wise, he's going to be fine. And you probably you may still have to start him this week. But I do have lower expectations for him this week. I'm lower than I think I've ever ranked him. Um, I'm at wide receiver 24. Listen, it's not going to be a pure shadow. They move him all over. But he will definitely see some Marshawn Lattimore in this game. You don't like that. He's had three catches in both games so far this year. Three. Three in each. Like, so he's not getting the volume, because that was always the argument with DJ Moore. Yes, the touchdowns are a challenge, but the volume is at least there. Volume hasn't been there. Panthers just can't stay on the field. They're 28th in yards per game. They're 30th in plays per game. It's too many three and outs for these Carolina Panthers. I think they get that fixed eventually. I'm not sure it happens this week against a tough Saints defense. Yep, three-point dogs at home to New Orleans. Uh, Baker Mayfield want to start playing better pretty soon uh, because that is the team, I think, that uh, has the most kind of equity to make, make change. And look, I don't think they're going to give up on Baker because they brought him in and they're going to give him more than a month. But at the same time, he has been dreadful so far. And the rest of the team hasn't even been that bad. Like McCaffrey's running well. Offensive line is keeping him upright. Uh, but Baker Mayfield not delivering. Right. Now, now, the same, now, those are two teams in the, uh, in the NFC South. My division. In your division. Yeah. Both of those teams are the teams that you think that the Falcons beat to win this division title, right? <laughs> I don't think they're going to win the division. That's I what I thought you said. Did no, you no, say no, they make the playoffs. They, they make the playoffs. playoffs. They sneak in as the, uh, the seventh seed in the, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. The NFC I mean, they're, they're in a division with the You don't the want to see Marcus look. Mariota in week one of the playoffs because you're the Green Bay Packers. You don't yeah. want to see Marcus Mariota in Lambeau. I, hear, the, I got uh, news for you. You're not going to see Marcus Mariota the week one of the playoffs. Probably and, right. If the Falcons somehow make it, it's going to be because of Desmond Ritter. But whatever. Like They're not going to make it. Like That's the Dumbest bet you've ever made. <laughs> and you've made some dumb ones. Okay. When we come back, more opportunity for dumb bets. We're going to talk quarterbacks, love, hate. Hopefully my boy Marcus Mariota gets a mention. I don't think he is. I don't even know why he's your boy. At Delta, we know Mike and 8C prefers reality TV to reality. 
so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie, so we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I know you're not big on social media, but how much of the, the reaction to the 0-2 start have you felt, seen? Well, what's great is I don't have Twitter or Instagram right now, so I've seen none of it. We, uh, focused on what's going on in there. I'm sure it's not a very good reaction, um, but I think it'll be a different reaction as we get going here. And a very, uh, big Gyllenhaal and Donnie Darko type of vibe yeah. there for Joe Burrow. A little bit. Yeah. That's what I do when I have a bad love-hate. I'm just, <laughs> I, I delete all my social media. I don't want to look at it. I just, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm going to focus on uh, the next week. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> the problem is, is that he can't be on to Cincinnati because he is Cincinnati. He's on Cincinnati. That's the Belichick quote. You know, know. we're on to yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. It's the greatest quote of all time. Like, and just a, a, we're on to four hundred questions. We're on to Cincinnati. Every single answer. We're on to Cincinnati. If you can look that up, if, you, if you're not familiar with this, just the Patriots like on a mon- just got absolutely destroyed on By a Monday Night Football. I mean, it was the Chiefs, Chiefs like 41 14. Yeah, something like yeah. Kind of, I think it was Alex week Smith. four, week four, some year, and they just got destroyed. And so Belichick in his post game press conference just gets asked a million different questions about like, are they thinking about switching off of Brady? A million and every single answer is just we're on to Cincinnati because that's who they're playing next. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. I've never forgotten that. Anyway, look at it. Up. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and we are, in fact, on to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, unfortunately, should be on to Cincinnati, except he is uh, Cincinnati. Uh, it's been a tough, tough row uh, ahead. Uh, tough row to hoe, as it were. <laughs> tough road to hoe. You've lost it. You've lost it. We're well, 46 I, like, minutes in and you you've try lost doing it. A, you, listen, listen, <laughs> jerk. You try doing a podcast with a co-host who's make, um, announced that the Falcons are making the playoffs. You try that. Yep. You see how... how, how uh, narrow on the rails you stay. Yeah, I wear my Desmond Ritter jersey after uh, they blow out the Seahawks on Sunday. Now, a team that uh, somehow beat the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not sure how they did that. Yeah. Um, the Los Angeles Rams. Football. Yeah. Uh, how did they do that? How did Matthew Stafford beat that great football team? Uh, but he's on your love list. So he is. jump into the quarterback love hate. 272 yards and three touchdowns in that victory against the Atlanta Falcons in week number two. Um, and now he gets Arizona. The Cardinals are a disaster. Right, the, the, car- yeah. the Cardinals are the Jay Croucher of football teams, <laughs> if you oh. want, right? They've allowed 604 passing That's yards, nice. seven touchdowns through two weeks. I don't dude. like that. Right, well, I mean, dude. <laughs> My, the Marquise Brown of the fantasy football happy I think you're, more like, you're the Greg Dortch. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, is that if you think about how the Rams are moving the ball so far this year, basically 80% of their yards so far this year have come via the pass. It's the third highest rate in the NFL. 
Last year, two games against Arizona. Matthew Stafford averaged 21 fantasy points a game here. The over-under in this one, per our friends at BetMGM, 48.5, one of the highest on the slate. We expect a lot of fireworks, two good offenses, um, and the Cardinals are a bad defense. Give me Matthew Stafford as a top seven play this week. I like it, just because they're likely going to be leading. They're only three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that's going to get bigger, um, despite being on the road. And the thing is, as well, with the Rams... They don't put the cue in the rack. They don't run the clock out in the second half. Their running back is Cooper Cup because you can get 10 yards from Cooper Cup whenever you want. They just keep throwing the ball. Extremely progressive pass, happy offense. So like the look on Matthew Stafford there against maybe the worst cornerback room in the NFL in Arizona. Yeah. Now, Kirk Cousins is going to get a friendlier matchup. Uh, after uh, what he did in, uh, in primetime wasn't ideal against the Eagles. But the Lions' defense, as much as we love the Lions' offense, the defense is not great. No. Uh, outside of what they did to your offensive line, particularly in that first half, why do you like Kirk Cousins? Well, first off, the game's not in primetime. Let's start there. <laughs> this is a 1 o'clock game. We're safe. We're safe. The other thing here is that, again, we expect it. It's now 52-and-a-half is the line on this game. It's, uh, it's one of, if not the highest, on the slate last year. In a run-heavier offense, Kirk Cousins averaged over 307 passing yards a game in two games against the Lions, and now more pass-happy. I think he bounces back in a big way here. Lions, to your point, even though uh, they're good offensively, they've struggled offensively. They're allowing the third-most passing yards per game. I'm sorry, the sixth-most passing yards per game, the third-most overall yards per game. You can throw on Detroit. You can move the ball on Detroit. We don't think the Vikings defense is pretty good. I think the Lions moved the ball successfully here as well. You heard me talk up Amon Ross St. Brown earlier in the show. I do think Goff is a viable bi-week fill-in or, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, if you need a flex, not a flex play for a quarterback, but you know what I mean? Like he's a he's, flex equivalent type of quarterback. He's a, if you need a, if you need a streamer, is, that's the way. I'd rather have Jared Goff than Tom Brady. This week, I have him ranked higher. I, I believe I, I, I think I have Brady higher, but I do. But I think that's fair. Anyway, my point is, is I have Goff as a streamer this week. I think he's viable. I think both guys move. But give me Kirk Cousins here as a top eight fantasy quarterback as well. I also think Derek Carr. We talked about this Raiders game against the Titans. We just saw Josh Allen absolutely demolish the the Titans, and now the Titans have to travel back on a short week. Carr's had over 250 passing yards, multiple passing touchdowns in both games so far this year. The Raiders are actually second in the NFL in pass rate. It is a pass-happy team. Titans allow the fourth most passing yards per pass attempt. So I like Derek Carr uh, as a viable top 10 quarterback this week. We saw Joe Burrow off the top of the show, right? So again, just sort of some others receiving votes. I mentioned Goff. I do think Joe Burrow can't be this bad. He's he's too good. He's got too many weapons around him. He does have 89 pass attempts through two weeks, right? And now he's playing the Jets. And you can – I mean, Jacoby Brissett was a competent NFL fantasy. And look, Jacoby Brissett looked good against the Jets here. I think Joe Burrow – I think this is a get-right game for the Bengals offense. I have Joe Burrow uh, as a top-10 quarterback this week. And then finally, like, if you're truly desperate and you're skimming the bottom, let's go to another Joe. Oh, boy. That's Joe Flacco. Flacco for Flacco. Yeah. Is he elite? Uh, yeah, if you go off his first two weeks, he looks out of his mind good. He's partying like it's 2012. I haven't seen this Joe Flacco since he won the Super Bowl. He leads the NFL in passing temps through two weeks. He's had over 300 passing yards in both games this year. Again, we expect the Bengals to be able to move the ball quite easily against the Jets. So what's he going to have to do? He's going to have to throw. And so far... He's been successful. He's got weapons now. He does. He's feeding the great Garrett Wilson. Now, uh, you love Joe Flacco. You don't love the MVP of the NFL, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I assume because of the matchup. A hundred percent. 
Buccaneers have allowed the second lowest quarterback rating through two weeks. They're top third. They're top three in the NFL in yards per pass attempt and completion rate allowed. Like fewest, right? They've given up one passing touchdowns to com- compared to four interceptions so far this year. And then you think about, you know, what can you do? You want to run against them. Like I just – Aaron Rodgers was brutal in week one, and his good week was last week against Chicago, and yet even still, he still threw for under 250 yards. He was still QB 16 last week in a game in which they handily beat the Bears. This is one of the lowest over-unders in the slate. We expect a low-scoring game. We expect a slow-paced game. It's going to be a lot of Leonard Fournette on one side, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones on the other. You're going to see a lot of run in this game. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers outside my top 14 for the week because I just don't see him having a monster game, and I don't think he's going to need to against the Buccaneers. Yeah, we think about the Bucs as this formidable rushing defense, but this uh-huh. year they've actually been a better pass defense. They've been the best in the league by DVOI. Now, this hurts me They're because – not even throwing. I mean but- – Aaron Rodgers is bottom 10 in the NFL in terms of pass attempts per game, right? He's tied for 23rd in terms of pass attempts so far this year. Yeah, it's jar Like, he's 60-1 to 1 to lead the league in passing yards, and that's correct. Those are the right odds, but it's just like he's Aaron Rodgers, he's the MVP, but the passing yards, he just doesn't accumulate the stats particularly this year without Rodgers, Devontae Rodgers is great, and, and I think the stats are coming. I just don't think they're coming this week on the road at a good Tampa Bay defense. Yep, all right, this hurts me. Another commander on the hate list to pair with Terry McLaurin. It's uh, Carson Wentz. Through two weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles defense is top five in the NFL in fewest yards per attempt, best passer rating against, completion uh, rate against. They actually have more interceptions so far this year than touchdown passes allowed. And that's not good. That, that they're that this ball-hawking defense. Because you know what Carson Wentz likes to do? He likes yeah. to throw interceptions. He's yeah. thrown three in two weeks against the Lions and the Jags. You don't even need the hawk element of the ball right. hawk. You just need to be a ball defense exactly. and, uh, and you get the They the just picks. have to hold their hands up and chances yes. are Carson Wentz is throwing Take it to them. Take the field. Right. If he's thrown three picks combined against the Jaguars and Lions, what's he going to do against this Eagles defense, which is one of the legit best defenses in the NFL? Wentz has been good. I get it for the last two weeks, and I expect the Eagles to score at will. So you're thinking, well, maybe it's their junk time. Yeah, maybe, but I also think there's a mental thing with you know the Eagles and the history between him and Wentz. The thing about Wentz also is the inconsistency, not just in-game, but game-to-game. The last time Carson Wentz scored 20 or more fantasy points in three consecutive games, and he scored 20, over 20 the last two, was weeks four through six of 2018. Yeah. It's been a long time since he's had back-to-back-to-back 20-plus games. I think the pumpkin turns into uh, – I think Cinderella turns into a pumpkin this week, fantasy-wise. Wentz outside my top 12 for the week. Yep. As much as I would love to, I just he, – he's been fine this year, and, the, and the, the loss to the Lions is not on Carson Wentz. No. That's on the defense. That's on Jack Del Rio. Make no mistake. But I'm just saying fantasy-wise, i gotta, I got to own it. I think the Eagles kill the Commanders in this one. Yep, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now, narrowly edging out the Atlanta Falcons. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, some uh, markets from our friends at BetMGM as we dive into some player props on Thursday Night Football. Blockbuster, Steelers, Browns. Yeah, well, you got to bet on the game. Otherwise, it's not interesting. Because you know you're watching it tonight. Hey! You want more of me and less of Jay? Here's how you do it. And I get it, because I, I know you do. Getting I know the destroyed. answer to that. The answer to that question is yes, you do, and here's how you do it. First off, you can watch this show both live at noon and on demand on Peacock, also on demand on the new NFL and NBC YouTube channel. Check out. It's also, of course, available on all major podcast platforms. Please 
download. We, you don't have to listen to the podcast. Just download. We just want the links, the clicks, and the downloads. Give us five stars, even though we haven't earned them. You can listen to the show live at noon Eastern every day on SiriusXM Channel 85. And, of course, you can read my love-hate. Check out my rankings all for free at NBCSportsEdge.com or at uh, RotoWorld.com. Follow me on social media. I am at MatthewBerryTMR on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much every form of social media except the Fantasy Life app, where I'm merely at MatthewBerry, also FantasyLife.com for all your fantasy tools and needs. And his last call here into the, uh, into the happy hour set. And these are some of the, the most bet props over at BetMGM, Jay. Yeah, and some familiar names you'd expect. A lot of Nick Chubb to score the first touchdown. He's plus 400. It's three against the Jets. One of them, not so, uh, not such a good idea at the end. Najee Harris, anytime touchdown scorer, plus 110. He had one in week one. And Nick Chubb, over 84 and a half rushing yards. That was five yards lower just yesterday. And uh, the over, 84 and a half, minus 115 the over. 141 rushing yards in week one, 87 in week two. Now, my bet for this game, Matthew, a little one-game parlay, getting okay. a little creative. So Browns at the spread. It's looking now, that line is ticking down to minus four. So Browns minus four and Nick Chubb to get 100-plus rushing yards. That's plus 260. So, so those things going, are correlated. You're going over. You're, yes. you're going over the actual line. You're, yep. you're doing it. Okay, they're, I like that. They're correlated because Chubb, the more he rushes, it implies the more that they're up. And uh, Nick Chubb right now is the best running back in the NFL, along with Jonathan Taylor. He's been an absolute monster. He might have some stuff to atone for as well after uh, the end of the Jets game. Fair enough. Would you throw in an anytime touchdown? Nick sure. Chubb, anytime touchdown yeah, to that min- parlay? Minus 190. That sounds like a given. Yeah, but, so, yeah. you know, it's, as long as you're doing with a parlay, like, you know, yeah, it can't hurt, it's right? It's leg. All right, it, what's it, your bet? So, uh, I'm, I'm taking the over on Mitch Trubisky to throw an interception. It's at minus 125 as well. He's thrown an interception for the last five games as a starter. We expect really windy gusts here. National Weather Service expecting up to 21-mile-per-hour winds, gusts, and fleet. We've seen that, when, how windy it gets. And I think the Browns got a chance to possibly kill the Steelers here. So he's going to be forced into throwing more than he probably wants to as well. That defense, We know how bad the offensive line is. I think Trubisky probably makes a mistake here. I think he throws a pick here. So give me the over on .5 interceptions. Again, it's at minus 125 on BetMGM. You don't love the juice there, but take the money. I like the bet. He's going to have to throw more. That offense needs to throw more. They've got too many talented receivers not to. And, uh, yeah, I think his pass attempts is at our 31-and-a-half. If he's throwing the ball 31, 32 times into 20-mile-per-hour wins against a defense that should be better than it has been the past couple of weeks think uh, he will throw one that gets picked off. I will say uh, Deontay Johnson at uh, 55 and a half yep. receiving yards. I kind of like the over. Yes. We've, se- we've seen, I mean, think about what Garrett Wilson did to the Browns. Yeah. You can throw on the Browns, and if he's throwing that much, Deontay Johnson gets a ton of targets. So I'm also going to take the over on Deontay Johnson like at 55 and a half receiving yards. Listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. All right, we are back tomorrow. And by we, I just mean me. He won't be. He is Jake Croucher. Thanks for your service. I'm Matthew Berry. Good luck tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill 
Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.